Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Exploring and expanding the consciousness. Learning from each other. We discuss and explore our journeys of spiritual development. You are now tuned in to the Full Circle Frequency. Hello and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. Um, an yeah. extra slice. Ooh. 45 degrees, an extra slice. Sounds like very that. interesting, Phil. So in this extra slice episode, we are talking about the development and launch of the new album Rainbow Bridge by 2021 Universal Alchemy. Yes. Um, I am joined by the creators of this album, Julie, uh, Ange and Hello. Glenn. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. How, how, are, how are we all? How are we all? Fine, fine. Very yeah. good, thank you. Very excited for this episode. Yes. Yes, yeah. yeah. So the album is <coughs> now available. It is. Um, so I've got a few different questions um, to ask you, to ask you all, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about the album and... Who wants to talk about the album in general? I think it has to be Angie because um, she channeled the songs originally. And so um, she could definitely tell you her insights into her vision. Okay. Yes, Angie, no no pressure. No pressure, thank you. (laughs) Um, Well, we um, started doing um, a show at um, Rainworth Village Hall Um. And the idea was to bring in sound healing in the form of some of the forms of working, um, angelic hierarchy, mantra, shamanic, um, and other things to demonstrate different types of sound healing that people could take on board. Um, And I started um, writing just little shamanic songs, uh, very simple. Um, Then during drumming, we'd start to um, sing these songs. in their basic form and uh it kind of grew from there and <coughs> um i just get ideas and just write the songs <laughs> mm. do you have anybody in particular that you would say mm, they're an inspiration for me do you have inspirations for music and or is it purely channeled music I, I, well, you you do get inspired. Um, some of the tracks on the album, like City Heat, um, I was work. I was living in Nottingham on the cut on the canal, and uh, I noticed because I was travelling home so late at night, the city just never slept. There was always people walking. There was always peep shops open, and it was like it was like it just lost that connection. It was with Mother Earth, so that's kind of the inspiration from that one. Um, and I suppose the songs came out really as I grew in the shamanic sort of path. Um, you know, your awakening, the awakening prayer. It's about when you realise actually there's more to life than working and flogging yourself to death and, and having just going mm. for material things. You know, there's something more valuable than anything material. 
So it kind of started there, really. Mm. Um, I do believe that I'm inspired um, by um, other spirits, <clears throat> and particularly the, the next album. We And a couple of tracks on this one, we know who channeled those, but yeah. we're not name-dropping. Yeah. <laughs> mm. What about your own inspirations, Julie? Where Where would you say you have, or who would be an inspiration for you? Um, in, when writing music or generally listening to music? In both. Let's go for both. Because I wanted to ask, actually, mm. what first got you into music as well? So if you want to talk about that as well at the same time, that's good. Can do. Um, I don't have many memories before the age of 10, but I do remember playing uh, electronic organ, being fascinated by watching my dad play the keys and then... After he'd finished playing, I would get on and recreate what he'd played by ear so I couldn't read the music, but I liked the sound and I found it interesting. And I was always quite quick with things I did, so it was a challenge for me to be able to do things. And I could sort of hear music in my head without knowing it, if that makes sense. It all sounds a little bit bizarre. Yeah, I could always hear a tune and then follow that tune using my, my fingers on the keys. So I developed my love of music over my teenage years, which it helped me remarkably. I wasn't writing music at that time, um, but I I think I'm, I sort of messed around with little notes and ditties, but I, I think I was channeling all the time, really, but I didn't know how to bring that into writing music. And it was only probably the last sort of 10, 15 years that I realised I put my hands on the keys and it just plays what it wants to. Yeah. So I'm not thinking of, shall I play this, shall I play that? It's just instantaneous, really. Mm. And I've just developed it from there. Yeah, yeah. And Glenn, you have, I suppose your part in this album has been um, production, um, mastering. Um, what what other role have you uh, Yeah, played, well, Glenn? I've been there from um, when I got invited to be involved with the project mm. and... Um, I was, I was very grateful for it, to be honest, because the music that was being channeled was, it just resonated with me. So uh, my involvement in the album is I was there, I recorded the album. Um, so I also offered suggestions of uh, instrumentation and yeah. maybe the way that um, some of the passages within the songs are delivered over. Um, also uh, produced the album and mixed it as well along with um, Angie and um, Julie as well, because they did co-produce it. They was in the sessions every time in the studio. And so it was all, I would say it was a, a team effort yeah. as well. And, of course, we, we had the lovely Kat, who has been instrumental in the production also of this album, as when we was recording um, all the tracks, um, she was helping out with the instrumentation, the um, percussion, also the setting up of the microphones and um, yeah. mic positioning, and also manning the um, the recording um, device. Whilst whilst say if I was laying down um, a drum pattern, you know I, I couldn't be yeah. two, places two places at, at once. once. So uh, yeah. Kat was brilliant at doing that. Um, so yeah, it's been a, an incredible journey. I've loved every single second of it, and there's been lots of uh, love and laughter along the way. So yeah, uh, we'll be talking about some uh, anecdotes because I know that you've all got um, a few anecdotes. 
to tell throughout the procedure yeah. of throughout the recording. recording yeah. So yeah, and I know that we're going to listen to a sample of each song, are we, Glenn? Yeah. In fact, mm. um, we can have a a listen to the first track of the album. We're just going to play you some snippets. Um, so that the first track on the album is called Awakening Prayer. So here we go. taster of awakening prayer <coughs> that's amazing that's fantastic um and do you want to tell us a little bit about about that song well that one it wasn't one of the first ones i wrote um but it is very much like we were saying earlier about you you know you, you're going on in life and you just come to the point where you realize there's got to be much more and so it's really about um calling out and saying, you know, great spirit, um, mm. give me guidance and show me the way. Um, and that's kind of how that one came about. Yeah. <clears throat> I sort of heard Angie when we started to create the song, mm. uh, she sang it to me, the, the melody and the key that she wanted to, to do the song, and I worked the music around her voice. Right, okay. So created it from piano, piano background, to maybe strings or flute. I also played bass lines and I did play a few of the drums as well. Like I say, we, a lot of us played different instruments uh, throughout the album there, but it all started with the raw voice from acapella to where we are now. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I can't read music. All the music is in my head. The voices are in my head. There's choirs and all sorts in there. So when I started, <laughs> um, Julie started giving me training and, became a close friend and I says I've got this and and she just went da 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 and she gets so Julia has the job of emptying my head and it's a big task because <laughs> <laughs> there's loads in there not just one album she knows there's there's, there's more <laughs> there's there's angelic higher order ones the next album we're already working on root in it there's a mantra one there's um there's loads there's another shamanic one they're all written, but the music's in here in mm. my head until Julie gets it out. Yeah. <laughs> I think with this track, if I can just mention this as well, we, we have a saying now, we've adopted a saying Well, when we were doing the production of this album, um, that something was the brown note. Now, what this mm. means is that the resonance of, say, a drum yep. was that low that it actually made your guts gurgle and need the loo. And so with it, we adopted that phrase. 
but yeah, that, with that, this track, um, yeah, there was a lot of sort of that you could feel that you feel the that music mother drum moving, yeah. and uh, that was the intention really to to get that portrayed over in the production so it felt like a live performance but also you felt um, it yeah you feel it as well as hear it mm. and of course shamanic with the ground in the earth yeah. so you're feeling it low down there yeah what what so. note is the because i've heard of the brown note before what note is do you know what that note is well if you're talking from a, a root chakra point of view it would be a c right a c note would be your, your root chakra right okay okay and your top C or an octifier would be your crown chakra. Hmm. How do you think, this is an open question to all of you, how do you think you would describe to any listeners, how do you think you would describe the music that you create? What, the genre of the music? Yeah. On this album, I would say shamanic with a twist. Yeah, hypnotic. It really pulls you in was the feedback that I've, you know, I've played a couple of samples too, you know. It's very laid back, like, isn't it, as well? There's a chill-out feel. Yeah. And you feel like you're going on a journey when you listen to the album from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, we've got, well, I've, the, we had some feedback. She, she'd never had so many. She said it was a very visual album. And um, it just, she says the amount of visions and pictures she was seeing. Yeah. Um, and... My older parents listened to it and they're like in their 80s and they were like, it's really chilled and they're really <laughs> not into anything like this kind of music. So it is it is a journey and the idea is you sit down, put your feet up and just go wherever it takes you. Mm. you know? I think it, some of it makes you want to just dance as yeah, well. It, yeah. You just can't help it. Yeah, if you yeah. want to dance, you can drum to it, you can sing along with it. The lyrics will be on the website at the weekend. So you can drum, sing, dance, chill, whatever you like. They tell a really. story as well. Most of the lyrics, if you're listening to the lyrics, they are describing a journey, yeah, a story. And I've listened to a couple of samples of it before. And actually you can really feel the emotion that went into that writing as yeah. well, into that creation. Mm. <clears throat> Have we got time for a, have we got, is, is it time for a, yes. a second sample, Glenn? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it up. We're, we're going to now listen to the second track, a little sample from the album called Calling the Ancestors. Lovely. Oh, I'll say like nodding donkeys. That's one thing we when we were working on <laughs> when we were working on the album. We knew when we got it right because 
we're all sat there nodding at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that was like the sign. It's like, okay, we've got this bit. We're all nodding away like little nodding dogs. You know, the ones you had in the back of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us anything about that, that song in particular, Ange? The um, origins of that one? Yeah, perhaps? that was one of the early ones. Um, the very first one I wrote was um, Spirit Visions. And then I wrote Calling the Ancestors. <clears throat> Um, I think once I'd written one and the drumming groups, it was just, you know, becoming inspired. I did a, a shamanic course with um, someone as well, and it, it just seemed to just naturally flow, calling the ancestors. So you've had your awakening, and then, you know, you know you need help. So it's about calling the ancestors, and again, it's over the Rainbow Bridge, which is an energy bridge, Um and if you listen to the lyrics, um, you know, it's about time and space and calling mm. for that assistance and that help. From your ancestors. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I always want to dance to that one as well. It's, mm. you know, instantly. Don't you? I just remember the fun we had recording it, all the parts, <laughs> because as you can probably hear there, there's lots of percussion. Um, one in, was it this track? Um, I think it could have been this track where... Angie actually wore Morris dancing <laughs> Morris bells Ma- around Morris her bells, yeah. <laughs> and we recorded her walking up and yeah. down on the carpet in time with the music. <laughs> it was, is that, yeah. And then we did the, the, the mother drum where I think there was, was it three of you or two yeah. of you playing it at the same time to That's create right. that, uh, that big, big sound. tribal sound. But, um, and then, of course, with the other instrumentation that we, we put on in the studio, we had... Um, Got flute. That was it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we we just couldn't stop laughing, really, on the recording session. Um, and then the energy that was pulling us in this direction, you know, because we was kind of doing it with a wing and a prayer, right, what do we need next? And we was, like, tapping on everything. <laughs> you name it, you know, if that sound worked, then we would have recorded it. So I have fond memories of that. I can imagine looking for different sounds around, because I know that part of that was filmed, uh, recorded at the shack, wasn't it? it was, yeah. 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 So I can imagine in, in that building, looking for different sounds around there was quite quite a fun part of the process. Definitely. So you must have. Some, and I'm going to skip down my questions a little bit because I want to get to some different anecdotes, I think. Mm. And I'd like to find out the fun parts of the recording process. Well, creaky floorboards, because we we do have a lot of instruments and there was sometimes, let's try this. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. (laughs) And it actually, but we got to the stage where we just tried so many things and they, they worked and... And then on the stage, because the stage is quite rickety, rackety, isn't yeah. it? And it was like creak, creak, you know. And, and and then the old floor is a bit like not very well either. So we'd all the, <laughs> these extra bit, yeah. And I was wearing some sandals and we were doing a march. <laughs> and obviously it wasn't much of a march. You could just hear the sandals squeaking. squeaking. <laughs> <laughs> So the sandals had to come off in they the did. end. Didn't oh, they? that yeah. they were the flip flops. They were right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did get through a lot of the, quite a few bars of chocolate, wasn't they, going round as well? Oh, they did. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were delicious. They were. <laughs> but yeah. 
It's also um, with the creative process, it, you can tweak and you can tweak and, you know, you could be forever changing things. Say, oh, we'll just put that in. But sometimes yeah. less is more. So you just learn to find the space and the, the sort of mood and the atmosphere um, that you want to create. And that's, that's what we came up with with this album, you know, the end result. I think as well, we did spend quite a lot of time getting that, like you say, Julie, that mood, that atmosphere with the different um, reverb effects that we was using to create that feeling. Yeah. We, that was one of the um, the aims of the album, really, too. Like we were saying, rather than just being music, it, it had to have a feeling. And so with the, the use of creative reverbs, we... And sounds, and that was that. fun as well, you know, and uh, you try... We had a, <coughs> a reverb effect on Angie's voice, which was um, an, oh. an interesting one. <laughs> Come on, I'll let you tell yes. us. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a toilet reverb. Yes, right, don't okay. mean the yeah, toilet. Yeah. No, that was fun. <laughs> it was a little tiled toilet, and we put that reverb yeah. over Angie's voice, and it worked a charm. I think yeah. that's the so we had a bit one. of a laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> and there has been moments when, like, I haven't been able to come because I've been doing sound baths, and it's we we'll go right. We've uh, we've done this. we've done this sound, <laughs> and it's like, do you remember Video Kill the Radio Star? And it's like, oh, you know, like Lurch <laughs> off of Adam's family, and I'm thinking, oh, right, these are professional people, and it's like, and then there'll be other things, and I'm like, and they <clears> the <throat> both would look at me as if waiting, and it was quite funny. It was like, you know, just. Don't look around, and, and it's like, okay, I'm not sure, but let's go with it. And it always works, you know, it's worked out brilliantly and intuitively. It's yeah, like, yeah, and um, you know. So, thank you. I think we've got time. I think it's time for our third track mm -hmm. sample. That's right, and this one's called Sacred Fire, and it's the third track, like you say, off of the album. So here we go. like to give us some background on on that one well um i tend to write the choruses first and um i was using it in the classes at the end of a, a drumming session because they get <coughs> quite they, they get quite wild and leaping about and it was a good one to send them home on to wake them up really because they're normally done a journey as well and uh, I think we had a little bit of belly dancing, if I recall, to that one. Cause <laughs> Julian, that was my fun. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a story about belly dancing, don't you? <laughs> yeah, oh. I do, actually. Um, I actually auditioned for The X Factor doing a belly dancing routine while singing a Doris Day um, song. 
Well, that's <laughs> it was quite an unusual combination. Yeah, how did that go down? Really well, yes. I think they were, literally, they didn't speak for about 10 seconds. <laughs> I sang in front of Simon Cowell, Sharon Osborne, and Louis Walsh. Um, they literally, yeah, I don't think they knew what happened, to be fair. <laughs> they were <laughs> obviously speechless. They were, they were. But once they recovered, they were, they were lovely. They were really complimentary. I wasn't quite right for the show, but I can live with that because, <laughs> you know. Um, what year was that, Julie? Which which epi- which series would that have been? I'm not sure of the series, but I think it was 2005. Oh, so in the early stages of the mm. show. Yes, yeah. yeah. So um, I just had an idea of, because you did it a cappella, you didn't have a backing track, so how could I make it interesting rather than just... Standing there, I decided to sing and dance at the same time. <laughs> Doris Day. Doris yeah. Day. Day. Perhaps, 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 <laughs> you won't admit you love me. <laughs> if you could see her now, ladies and gentlemen, she's doing a handstand, doing yoga. She's doing the belly dance and she's singing, so she's up to game a little bit. I've added an extra layer. <laughs> When can people expect to see that at the shack, Julie? What, the performance? The, or? the belly dancing. <laughs> well, they can see it whenever they like, whenever we're able to to do some dancing. Um, yeah. You know, I can, That's another one on the board. I I've can got dance all, on Zoom or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've got all the list of the things I've got ideas for. I'll put that on the bottom now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, dancing, dancing, belly dancing to a Doris Day, Doris Doris Day, Day night. <laughs> Have we got any other crazy behind-the-scenes um, anecdotes that you think we could share? We've, we we had to make a makeshift, um, like little recording booth oh, in the main hall, booth. a vocal yeah. booth. We've got a, a, one there that we could record vocals in, but we'll, because some of the instruments are so big, because we use the gongs, we use the pipes, um, we use a lot of the big equipment, um, we actually put these, um, like the walls that are on, um, wheels and then we had like the yoga mats and <laughs> the um, mats that people learn to meditate over the top then lots and lots of blankets but me being shorter it wasn't as easy for me to put them up because <laughs> I'm the shortest of the troop and then we'd like be doing stuff and then it's like we'd end up with a hole or a, something falling down but yeah it was very interesting it's um I've never done anything like this um so it's been a big learning Curve. Yeah, I didn't know about timing when I first started. I didn't know anything. So, uh, so yeah, you got me yeah. in the background, sort yeah. of doing the one, two, yeah. three, four, and the nodding and, and yeah. things. What I remember when we was doing the vocals, we had to be uh, very strategic in uh, what time and what day we did record the vocals in the vocal mm. booth because next next door there's some sort of uh, martial arts center <laughs> so, so, yeah so Jiu-Jitsu. in between vocal takes you could hear oh get down you <laughs> and, like, and all this all these noises so we had to like oh do you know what we'll just leave it for another day when they're not here <laughs> did you not try to incorporate that into the album <laughs> well it was a, a passing thought and then we thought well does it actually it, work with shamanism <laughs> did it just it passed then it just it passed, passed quickly yes, yes. <laughs> so i know that andrew you were saying that you enjoyed the recording of the different sounds what what other would you say that you had a favourite part of the process? What what favourite parts of the process would you say um, that you had? I enjoyed it all, but it was actually 
it was just a dream, you know. I didn't know that making a CD took... I mean, we start at, like, 12 o'clock midday and we don't finish till 1 in the morning, you yeah. know, and we've done hours and hours, hours. and hours. Yeah. We've done <laughs> just ridiculous amount of hours, but it's like I didn't realise just how much work... Because I'm like, oh, let, I want to make a CD. I didn't know. <laughs> and I must admit, you know, Julie's still got hair and she's coat with me, but Glenn didn't fare so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gone. That's <laughs> Mine's grown. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, – and now we're on the second album and it's like I know I'm learning more and understanding more. So, you know, it's, uh, it's easier. So just before – we have our fourth sample. I'm just going to say, Julie, you really should share your hair with Glenn. That'd should be I? Really nice. Yeah, yeah it okay. saved me wearing a hat. I'll have and to I'll... see what I can do about yeah, that then. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and Glenn, over to you. I'll let you. Introduce okay, the next so sample. Um, we're going with City Heat, and this is um, the fourth track on the album. I love that one. I get the feeling of being in the city in the middle of the night um, and almost quite Mansfield of me to say traipsing the streets, yeah. really. Traipsing? Traipsing. Traipsing the streets. Would you like to Can you give us a bit of background on that one, Ange, Julie? Um, well, I think I mentioned earlier, I was living on the uh, Nottingham Canal. Um, I was... So it was a time when you could move your boats literally a length, so I used to go off down the, the Trent and come back up again. And uh, because I was still working in Southwell, um, you know, I'd get back all hours and we um, and doing the classes, and it was like these people, you know, it, it was just such diverse um, place as well, you know, because um, I've not really lived in the city. I'm from Leeds, but I've not lived in the city for years, and... It's just never, it never seemed to sleep. It never rested, you know. That it was always hustle and bustle. Even if it was three in the morning, it was the streets were still busy. There was shops open, you know, off licenses and things. And the, you know, it was just so surreal. It was like, and I felt you, you often in a city, you feel quite alone as mm. well. Although you're surrounded by hundreds of people, um, it is quite quite a nice lonely kind of existence and I think driving back late at night in the car you know it, it was I think that's where it the, the emotion came from with that one you know it's um 
That was quite a, an empty track, wasn't it? There was a voice mm. and there was a couple of instruments mm. there and the heartbeat with the drum. Mm. Um, but I felt I could hear something else. So we were like, okay, we're going to see what comes through. And then you mentioned, didn't you, Glenn, um, your grandfather came through. Yeah, my dad. And your dad. Yeah, um, because yeah. I come from a, a musical family, um, they was all involved in the brass band world. They was all pretty well known, established in that musical genre and um, my dad's in spirit obviously my granddad is as well and so as Julie quite rightly says we was hearing something we, we felt the track needed something and then all of a sudden as soon as we said that I was hearing this melody and what a lot of people don't know is Julie's absolutely exceptional when it comes to uh, music and um, well people will be aware of this but not this particular skill um I was channeling the, this melody that was given to me by my dad in spirit and Julie latched onto that straight away. She found the notes instantly. I mean, lightning speed. And next minute she's recording it down um, and then we layered up um, the brass section to this track using that technique. And uh, we was both like, jaw drops, you know, our jaws was dropping because we couldn't believe how quick it was all fitting together and once i'd got the the uh, the melody of the brass instrument i was able to channel the other parts that came out in the harmony to that as mm. well you know it's uh, quite amazing you can mm. hear that in the background there the, the brass coming through it's lovely and that was one of those moments when I wasn't here that night and when I came True. in on the Sunday said, we've done something, we hope you like it, what yes. do you think? And they just kind of sit staring at me and it's like, you think, put brass, you think, oh, and then it was just like melted chocolate, it was just beautiful, you know, Very when rich. we started out, everything was so plain when you're just singing them in class, banging the heck out of a drum and it's just made everything alive with the skills um, that Glenn and Julia have. Mm. When you are, all three of you, for this one, really, when you are creating music, how do you feel that that music is affected by emotions or the environment, such as the weather or <coughs> or even the time of day? Do you think the time of day can affect the... When you're creating music? Yeah. yeah for me, evening time is good for creating uh, or being creative, and also mood as well, getting into the zone of the music and tuning into that zone. Yeah. It brings more creativity from that piece. So for Low me, level lighting as well, I find, helps yeah. put you in that frame of mind. Yeah, I think with Angie, if you where you were on the boat, you'd be affected by the weather quite, yeah, it's quite the, stronger the, there, I would imagine. The, the lyrics, and, and I mean, particularly on the next album, um you know, um, under starry skies, that was quarter past one in the morning. Um, and, you know, the still, it was so still and things like that. So, but the idea is it's sound healing. So it wants to come inside the heart. Everything's got to come from inside the heart. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where it, you know, comes from. Mm -hmm. I think we are going to listen to our next sample. Yep. This Look. track is number five on the album mm -hmm. and it's called Tones of the Ancients. Yonah, Yonah, 
I love that one. I love that. I love that sound of, and I know they aren't pan pipes, but it just makes me, it, it's that kind of, it, for me, it's that kind of sound and that's where I kind of get drawn to. Drawn into it. Dr- yeah, drawn yeah. into almost that, an Indian kind of, like yeah. a like an American Indian yeah. yeah, that was the aim, actually. Yeah. It's um, 10 minutes long, is that track? Um, Glenn, it was actually it was between the jiu-jitsu throwing each other against the wall. <laughs> and Glenn says, just go in there and channel something. I said, how long? He says, oh, six minutes, was it? And I said, yeah, yeah okay. And <laughs> I took a drum in that somebody had, had left that they were going to sell, and um, that's the only time that drum's ever played for me. It won't play for me now. And we just, <laughs> and next thing, it was 10 minutes, ten and... Came out and Glenn was looking a bit vacant possession, and I was like, <laughs> "Way man!" But ten minutes, it you know, with it's just takes uh, you into yeah, different consciousness. Yeah. I mean, we did put a warning on the album as well on the CD not to uh, operate any machinery whilst listening to this album because, in particularly, this song "Tones of the Ancients," it's like a small meditation, like a trance meditation, and it just. Mm just find yourself drifting off and so we f- we felt that we had to put a warning put on that warning. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. so I, su- I suppose we should be saying do not listen to this while driving, driving. Yes. definitely yeah. 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 yeah yeah i know when we was producing it we was all looking starry eyed because we <laughs> obviously we've got to listen to the same thing again and again and again and so you're getting that frequency over yeah, and over again that healing 12 yeah. hours, 13 hours, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you're listening to tracks over and literally over again, you know, it could be 50 times, so can you imagine that? Yeah. After they were mastered, we had to listen, we listened on five different types of speakers and devices to make yeah. sure the balance was there, but with this track, we couldn't listen to it on five devices for 10 minutes because we'd have just been sat there with our tongues on us, chest drooling. We were just, so we had to do little snippets to try and keep us uh, on planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we go on to another sample? Of course. Shall we have another one? Yeah. Roll VT. Okay, so we're going on to Spirit Visions. like to give us some background on well it was one. the it was one of the first ones i wrote and um i was when i was doing the shamanic drumming and it was it's quite a long time ago and uh i was stood there and and i was called in the quarters and, and things like this and the energies 
And then I just started saying, spirit visions, spirit visions, will you come to me? And it just stuck in my head. And then um, the words that I just came from there, you know, the incense smoke. Um, and it, it's just, I'm very, very visual. So I, I see pictures and that's kind of how that one came. And then we wa I wanted some animals. So Kat found us some howling wolves and yeah. and eagles. Eagle. We yeah. went through a lot of strange animals as well. Some animals yeah. that don't sound that like animals. One of the funny samples. Thinking, oh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds nothing like a jaguar or a bear. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's Julia's favourite. It's one of the first ones that I did with Julia when, when I said it about three years ago now. Uh, yeah, it is about three years. Two yeah. and a half to three. Yeah. As soon as I heard that one, I, I instantly in loved it. it. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, just I, that first set. I think, you know, visions come to me. Yeah. yeah. Would you say you've got any favourites that you've worked on, Glenn? I have, yeah. My, one of my favourites is the, the last track <clears throat> called Mother, Great Mother. And originally the, the song was, you know, it was very, very catchy. There was a, a lovely hook in there. And I was just hearing like a disco dance beat in my head. And I thought, you know what? They'll probably hate me for this, but I've <laughs> got to express this. And so I thought, right, how can I get them on side with it being a Shaman album? <clears throat> and I thought, right, okay, well, what about if we create the dance beats out of um, shamanic instruments? And so that's what we did. We, we recorded uh, like, I think it was the daddy drum for the bass drum, like you'd have on a drum kit. We recorded Collapse as well. We had um, tambourines. And we created like a, a 70s disco drum kit out mm. of shamanic instruments. And so I really love that process of that track. And I also love the way that um, the dynamics of the song, the dropouts, the, the, the vocal lead-ins and all that, it was... It's a very powerful song. We, we kind of combined... Um, how can I say it? We combined several genres of music... Um, within that track, shall would you like to hear it? Yeah, yeah, that'd be lovely. Okay, well, this is um, one of my favourite tracks on the album called "Call to Great Mother." Now, anybody that's been listening to the podcast episodes regularly mm. will hopefully recognise that piece of music <laughs> as the outro. <laughs> that's right. So, what about the origins of that piece of music? Um, again, it's an old, it's one of the early ones. And uh, I must admit, 
they won me over with the violins <laughs> to begin with. And then it was like we're going to disco chat and I'm going, oh, you know, what will the ancestors think about it? But I think they actually quite like it, really. Um, so, so yeah, it's um, it's very much, I mean, you know, Mother Earth nurture, nurtures us, she loves us, she'll, you know, and she responds back. So it's kind of, although it goes, love her, it's about, because she does love us, so it's like having a... Uh, you know, just been loved and nurtured, and and um, it's unconditional yeah. love, isn't it? It is unconditional mm. love, mm. you know. And uh, I remember you singing that to me, and and then going, and the bit in the middle goes boom, boom, boom. Yeah. With the beat there. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, because yeah, it was yeah. a little bit more upbeat and a funky in it, and yeah. Uh, yeah. But I remember that because that was our key for coming back, and it was yeah. right. Okay, yeah. that's the vibe. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but I didn't know it was going to end up the way it did, and uh, it, it it is really good. I'm you know very fortunate. <laughs> I also enjoyed. Um, Julie's layering of the backing vocals on this mm. track as well because she really did go above and beyond. I mean, all the backing vocals were Julie and so she could go really, really low. Or <laughs> really high. Like yeah. that. And you just say, I'm, I'd say to her in the booth there, I'm hearing this harmony. And within, I, I would say, a split second, you mean this one? And she'd just rattle it off straight away and I was just blown away by that. I love that harmonies. She could just... She knew what I was trying to get at. Did it straight away. And then one album, we were. She just, she was just on a roll, and it was like, I can do this one. I can do that one, <laughs> and all different. And, and we have listened back, and we've laughed because it's like, Julia, sound like me, does it? We should have had airy chess because they said to me as well, <laughs> and it go, go do this, and this noise came out, and I was mortified, and they were howling. You know, I thought they were going to lay eggs and they go, oh, well, keep that. I'm going, oh, you, you know. Need to, Angie, you need to replicate that for the listeners so they know what you're talking <laughs> about. Yes, please, yeah. Oh, I on. don't think I could. You I can do it. It was something like a... On demand. Um, and that was one of the best moments, I think, oh, of the recording. We were rolling about laughing. Yeah. It yeah. was so unexpected, wasn't it? It, it was just yeah. trying to, and you know. This little angelic lady coming out with that. Julie, what's the most, in one piece of music, what would you say the, the most. Vocals? No. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> what are... Oh, right. So the harmonies that you do, Yeah. what's the most amount of harmonies that you've put into one piece of music? Um, well, I've done five-part harmony, um, which if you go beyond that, depending on the piece, it can get a bit messy. So it's good to have your first and your third notes of your scale. Mm. That's a standard harmony. Then you can have... Um, your tonic and your dominant as your open harmony, which is uh, the heart centre as well, isn't it? It's uh, the frequency of the full healing of the body. But I did a track once that had 40 of my voices on or wow. <laughs> doing either a lead or a harmony or a double up of a harmony. It was a really big sound. Um, but, yeah, 40 is yeah. the maximum. Okay, so let's have another – how many – what number are we on now, Glenn? Uh, well, I'm doing a bit of a shuffle now because I'm aware of time. And so we're going to go with the next track. And this is track number nine on the album called Twilight Shaman. Okay. Dancing to the beat of the drum Shaman calls to the setting 
lovely. That's nice. Mm, it's hypnotic as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Would you be able to give us any background on that one, Ange? I think I wrote that one about the same time as um, Sacred Fire. Um, it was very short, so um, Glenn and Julie, and we, we sat and sort of, sometimes you take like a chorus out and put some extra sounds in, and, and yeah. um, Julia did some Native American toning, so she had a lesson on toning and what it was, and... Uh, you know, and um, a chanting, and yeah, that, to, yeah. Uh, the Native American chanting. Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Glenn doing that. <laughs> that was one of my harmonies. It's uh, very angelic, isn't it? Yeah. We did have a giggle because one night we were so tired and. I don't know how many how many is Julia done, but she was like leaned against the wall. It was a matter of who <laughs> fell asleep first, I think. <laughs> so people say that hindsight is a great thing. Mm. If anything, is there anything that you would do differently if you were if you had to go through the whole process again? <laughs> yes. Is there anything that you would do differently? <laughs> and you would have learnt time in first <laughs> when she was writing the songs <laughs> because I just put it out and I didn't know any of the, the the time that I just had it all in my head so so yes I've learned the, the I've learned time and they've taught me lots of things now so the next album should flow easy without I say Glenn did have hair he had a massive mop and if you look, if you look he had on, a mop he did if you look on uh, on the website on the there are some profiles on there and you will see Glenn has got ringlets right down past his waist and they were real they were natural they were natural so yeah I was like Samson he was. now more weak and meeble <laughs> you know what to say about a bald headed man well, it is what true. Do they, what do they say? <laughs> <laughs> it's not children's program. Well, if you're bald at the front, <laughs> if you're bald at the front, you're a thinker. If you're bald on top, you're sexy. If you're bald at the front and on top, you think you're sexy. Oh. Uh, I tick all of them boxes. Yeah. So, uh, I'll take that to the bank. I think. <laughs> oh, dear. I would like to know, and I'm sure... All the listeners would like to know what's next. Will you be performing um, pieces from the album at any point? We hope to. Don't we're we? planning a we're, um, we're planning a show um, when all this is over, um, and it will be Rainbow Bridge, and uh, so we're planning that. Yeah, um, so it'll be an evening, and. Uh, so yeah, we just um, and we've so, got more albums planned as well yeah. and already. <clears throat> Would you like to tell us anything about the planned albums? We're currently in production. Our album number two called uh, Routinet. And so far, it's uh, a big departure from the first album. Mm. Um, very experimental, but it still has uh, the spiritual undertones there. And uh, very healing, but in a modern way, if this makes sense. I think Angie could give you the backstory of the inspiration of the album as well. Um, Routinette, I was driving home um, when Eustace Abbey is and you can take a road through uh, Ravenshead and there's some woods down there which I cut through yeah. on the way home very late at night and then things talked to me and the trees were just started talking to me um, saying about um, the connection underground and how we're always looking up and how, you know, into the... So about... 
about the internet and and how we've we have lost connection um yeah. with with nature sometimes um but it is very much an album um we've got rootinet we've got rootinet tribe we've got tribe of mankind um and then some of the other tracks are um they're quite powerful we've got one about gypsy we've got witches so it's it's multi multi yeah yeah and we do have some personal ones in there we've got one called tantric sensuality which is not what the first, somebody may just think it's something very it's a spiritual um and it's um, talking about connecting to the higher light we've got um the rootinet tribe one which is about you know heads down in mobile hush um and things like that it's quite relevant to things that are sort of happening around us at the moment shall we say so it's about uh, bringing people together communities together and you're finding your tribe and standing together yeah and and you know standing up for for who what you you believe you are you you Mm. know like say the with a romany one um there's indigo raven there's magician of sound um so it's a very different album um but again it's all about sound healing um you know so uh then i've got an album that i'm yeah. reworking but we're doing it as part of universal alchemy as a, you know the team effort there um i wrote some music as a part of a band a few years ago and we party company and i don't obviously want to use that album i want to re reword it rework it and bring it more to my style and where i'm up to at this moment and we can take it down the shamanic or angelic <laughs> realm we're not sure yet that's still you know work in yeah. process julia channeled some uh, new tracks um because she sort of sits there and goes well i don't <clears> know what to do and then it does all this music comes out so you know we've got lyrics for most of them now so it's just yeah. a matter of um i think they're going to be one. quite different the tracks they are. they're not yeah. going to be as they were but i can take pieces from that as well bring it forward so that's uh, going to be quite and an I'm emotional enjoying, for me. enjoying being the mad scientist yeah. um, throwing <laughs> yeah bizarre instruments into the mix and um, <laughs> dogs whistling and things like that you know monkeys <laughs> farting and, and all that sort of as you do yeah, yeah. yeah. spice your life up a little <laughs> <laughs> have we got any more samples glenn uh, yeah, we. I don't think we'll have. We won't have time to play them, unfortunately, Phil. So um, yeah, because we are coming to the end. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna not wrap it up yet because no, I would like you to, <clears throat> if you can. Have you got any messages that you would like to give to the listeners on the album? Yeah. Well, it's it's a journey and. Play it and take from it what you need. You know, there's lots of angles you can go into it from the meditative point of view, from dancing, from singing, all of its creative energy and expressive, um, and see what comes from it, really. Yeah. Yeah, just go with it and enjoy it. It's about just enjoying however the music takes you. Um, Sound is one of the most powerful healing tools that we have, and it costs nothing. You can just sing, even if you're la-la, and just... Open your mouth and let the sounds out. Be uh, free. Yeah, it is very healing and it's a wonderful journey when you listen to the album from start to finish and you'll mm. find that when you get to the last track, you'll think, do you know what, I want to hear that again. Mm. It, it has that sort of quality about it 
we feel anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, you, if you are interested and you like what you've heard this evening, you can find us on the internet and I'll I was, let you give the... Uh, I was just going to say you have officially 60 seconds and to promote the CD, the album, tell people where they can purchase it and where they can see you. Right, it's um, BandLab for the download and you can buy the hard copy at the shack or get in touch with us and we'll post a copy out to you. Yeah. Um, We've got the website yeah, as well. Yeah, the, the website address? It's www.2021universalalchemy. Yeah. And we're on Dot Facebook com. as well. Yeah. And the albums are available... Did you say the albums are available to purchase at the shack? Yes, and I can post them out. If you get in touch with me, I'll just post them out. Right. Okay. All the information's on the website as well. We have merchandise also. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. T-shirts. Drop yeah. us an yeah. email if, if any of this interests you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, thank you, Julie. Thank you Thanks, so Phil. much for thank being you, with Phil. us again, Ange. Thank, thank you, you Glenn. Namaste, everyone. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening and continuing to support the Full Circle Podcast. We would love for you subscribe and share don't forget to find us on our official Facebook page until next time Have a good time, all of the time.